Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of the Detour Live, and it's going to be an absolute cracker because we're going to be naming our all-star teams for the 2022 season, selecting the best Australians that are in the uh, the World Tour for next year. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by four-time national road champion Johnny Trevorrow, and a big shout actually, out to everyone. Actually, you better give me a little bit more because we've got such illustrious company, that's just not good enough. Well, a guy that was uh, could have been one of the best cyclists <laughs> in the world, but he was a borderline alcoholic and he was a chain smoker. So, no, what no, else no, do you no. want me to add? All right. Uh, no, thanks no. again. <laughs> thanks again for getting behind the channel, youtube.com forward slash the detour podcast. Keep subscribing, all makes a difference. Now, if he, you're very good at the introductions, we've got an all star lineup to name our all star teams. Who do you want to bring in first, mate? Well, I'll bring in Stewie, Stuart O'Grady, who is Australia's greatest ever all-rounder, Olympic uh, gold medalist on the track, plus you know, 17 tours to France or something like that. And, um, you know, one of the – and Paris-Roubaix, I mean, you can't say much more than that. We've also got um, Scotty McGrory, Olympic gold medalist, one of our uh, best ever six-day riders. And, one of the, and a regular on the detour. Everyone knows Scooter. Yeah. And a, and a winner of a stage in the Bay Crits. And, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Matty Wilson, who was also one of our great pros, Australian champions, Sun Tour winner, as is Stewie and myself. Sorry about that, Scotty. Oh. <laughs> and oh, I was, I was going to be a long night, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and also a winner of a stage in the Bay Crits. Uh, so anyway. Two. Um, Two. Two, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so great fellas. I'm really excited about tonight. We've been uh, chatting about it and texting about it the last couple of days, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, just on the texting, I mean, I was trying to think who you remind me of, John, and I've got it. It's it's Joe Biden. You know, you're starting to get – you're forgetting names. You know, when Joe couldn't remember Scott Morrison's name the other day, you, you're on the text going, you know, Richie Port's retired. He caused big hoo-ha there. He's actually riding next year. Like, what's going on? Yeah, I stuff up now to get you know that. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're, we're coming into this show hot. Now, fellas, the format is pretty simple. There are so many good Aussies uh, currently in the World Tour. So we thought, why not, if we had the opportunity to select from all of them, how would it look if we went into a season? So we might as well kick things off. If you, if you were going to select... Uh, a squad for the Aussie summer. Now, Matty Wilson, you've been part of a lot of campaigns where you're trying to win the nationals, but then you got down under. Give the listeners a bit of background into the Aussie summer and give us a, a run through of who you would pick uh, for that Aussie summer campaign. Yeah, mate. It, uh, first thing that comes to mind is that first year with Green Edge. I think we had 18 people on the start line for the national championships. And oh, yeah. And with about eight laps to go, we had one. We had Gero left. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> 17 or 18 guys. So you come in red hot with a big, big field and, and they could all come tumbling down. But um, over the, the, the several seasons that, that, that passed, uh, we got we got better and better at it. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, key is, is guys that are motivated and guys that are out here and, and, and are training. Um, they're the guys that are going to get the, the, the most results and, um, yeah, obviously Aussies are, are out here in the, in, the, in the Southern Hemisphere where it's summer and, and they're the guys that generally have the best form. So, all right, who are you going to have that you'd be gunning for? Who, who's the most deserving national champion that you put all your chips into as the leader 
for the Nationals in 2022, if you could pick from all of them? Um, well, given, uh, have I got a 28-man team in the race? Yeah, yeah, 28-man <laughs> team. You can, you, 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 can have them, you can have them all. It's getting more and more complicated by the minute. <laughs> with, a, with a 28-man team, I'm, I'm backing Caleb Ewan to win. Yeah. <laughs> Caleb's in my team and there's no one getting away without getting someone sitting on. <laughs> all right, well, I'll ask you, uh, Scotty, would you go all chips in on, on Caleb Ewan for the Nationals? Well, by Matt's, um, you know, what he's saying there as well is, yeah, that you'd have 27 riders that are blocking every single move from every other rider. So um, I don't think you'd have that situation. I think, Caleb, um, I think there were too many good climbers from Australia uh, to to allow that kind of situation to happen. And we're not going to have um, so many riders from the one team, you know, in the race, I would, I would think. Um, I, I'd go for... Um, look, I... It, Really, really tough one, Dan. It's a really tough one because you look at there's no absolute standout. So if you look at like someone like Richie Port, he's been there at the Nationals. He's amazing at TDU. He's awesome at the Olvalunga Hill, but he just has been isolated when it came to national championships and didn't have a team around him to really help him, um, even though he's been our best climber. So even someone as good as he cannot get away with the win. Um, so it still does come down to team tactics. And uh, I think it's a challenge. I, I'm not sure if Caleb would get over the hill if the best climbers in Australia really wanted to put him to the to the task. So uh, I'm not sure who you'd go for, mate. What about you, Stewie? Hang on, I'm just going to go back here, Steve. I thought we were picking and selecting a team that was going to be the 2022 World Tour Tour de France team, and now all of a sudden we're talking about the Nationals. So We're just warming uh, up. I'm, I'm up. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, sorry, I've done all my homework on the uh, 2022 World Tour Tour de France winning team, which I've put together, which should, which should obliterate everybody. Uh, but now you've thrown that in, uh, the leg spinner in. Um, it, it is, it's a tough question. It is really tricky because, as we've seen over the years, there's so many different scenarios. Um you know, obviously, when Bike Exchange rock up with 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 the numbers, um, you know, I think Gero, you know, talking about the, the example which Matty was just talking about, I think he went on just pure grit and determination, and the fact that he he just couldn't not lose that race. Um, but you know, you see guys like Cam Meyer have pulled off, you know, miraculous rides over the times. Um, you know, Alex Edmo, the list just goes on and on. But I'm just going to throw a wobbly out there and. Um, Say on on current form and 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 actual stage race victories, um, uh, young Stora. I, th I mm. think he's got. I think he's got the goods at the moment. And you know, it's it's a Stora in a Grand Tour or a one day race is very different from from a from a tour. So yeah, I'll go with Stora. Why not? Now, just to clarify a little bit, because we've started quite quickly. But what we're talking about here is, you know. Unlimited budget. Here we are. We've got this new Australian team. We're starting next year and we're buying out every other contract. So we've got every rider. So we're talking about the season, how we do the season and what we do. So um, I probably would go with Bling because. Oh, that's a surprise. No, no. But, but he's got the right characteristics. I think there would be too much of a chance if you were going with the whole thing with Caleb and you're getting out of a sprint, too many things can go wrong. I mean, he's the best sprinter in the world, no doubt. And I pick him in most of the races. But I just think for the Nationals, he already, he probably should have won it a couple of years ago. Uh, and he stuffed the sprint up and uh, Heinrich Hausler rolled him. So there's too many uh, challenges. So 
if you've got a team of this quality, no, you can't mess around with that. So I just think uh, Bling is a man who can get up the road. He's strong enough to get over the climbs and he'll out sprint uh, whoever's left. But 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 if he the, the beauty of having a guy like Caleb is that anybody who's up the road is sitting on because you've got Caleb behind. So you you've got it covered. And there's with a 27 man team in the race, I'm sure I've got plenty of other winners there that could that could pull it off. Yep. <laughs> True. Fun and games. There we go. My, my question, my question to you, Johnny, is: Does Bling have another name, like a real name? Um, does he? Is that his sure. name think... now? He's just Bling, is it? My... It wouldn't be Michael, Michael Matthews, would it? My... Yeah, could be Michael Matthews. It yes, could be two or three people that don't know who Bling is. That's all. When you when you mention yeah. his nickname, okay. um, that's right. I think if it's all one on one, I think if, if if we're not talking about say Matt, the, the scenario there with Matt's got twenty eight riders in the team, then yeah, he's winning. It's whoever it yeah. is, it's going to come from Matt's team. But if everyone's racing as an individual, if it's like a old fashioned club championships and everyone's lining up as an individual. I think Michael Matthews has probably got your best chance. He's the one that will get over the hill and still have a sprint at the end. Michael Matthews has commented, thanks, Iffy. (laughs) 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 There you go. The fact that you tip Blink for 12 stages at the Vuelta means that, you know, he he appreciates the support, John. So you're always going to have Blink's back, that's for sure, on the detour. Now, going in... Stewie, no, obviously we'll, we'll move to Tour Down Under and then we'll get to the classics. But with your course for uh, Tour Down Under next year, um, I don't even know if you've announced it yet, but on Insider <laughs> Info, who would you have Who would you have as your leader uh, if you were taking across the team for the first World Tour race of the season? That's a really good question because at the moment I'm the only one that knows the course. Um, yeah. so, we won't tell anyone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, can't we start off with somebody else then? <laughs> oh, we'll start off with uh, you, John. Bling? Um, well, he'd be uh, definitely a, a, a fantastic option, no doubt, but you can stop put, put words into my mouth. Um, yeah. and it is, we've got some – look, the talent, the young talent we've got here now, mm. you know, it, it, it's quite – uh, amazing. Um, a really, a, a race like this is a little bit different. Um, Luke Platt, I'll tell you what, he, he impressed me uh, at, at the last um, Tour Down Under. Um, and it was in a pretty impressive ride. I reckon I just about put him, you know, give him a give him a chance. Um, Maddie, over the years, were there a lot of riders that were like, I want to delay the start of my season, so I don't want to come back to Australia. I don't want to travel and do the Nationals that. I want to set myself for a really good run at the Classics and, and start my season at Torino. Well, Bling is your classic example of someone um, who's gone on that path. I, I don't think he's come back to Australia for a summer in a, in a long time. I, I wouldn't even couldn't even remember the last time he was back. So he's a guy that always sets himself um, for later in the season and runs through the training camps and has a European winter and and and, and he cracks on. Mm. Um, what was your take on that sort of structure, Stewie? Um, it, you're always obviously someone that, you know, did the Aussie summer and that. Did that affect how you prepare for races later on in the season? Oh yeah, I guess my my goal, Dan, was always to to just have set myself up with a good base. So that meant coming home uh, to Australia at the end of the season, um, you know, having having a bit of time off, and then really just ripping in and just putting in as many Ks and uh, you know, not too much intensity, but just to try and be on a, a decent level for 
for the um, nationals and tour down under. And then, you know, my, my goal is always the classics. So, um, you know, getting that two, three months of, of training in, in Adelaide in summer was, was the foundation for the rest of my year. So it was really critical for me to get back here and, um, you know, just do as many Ks as, as hard as I could um, every day of the week. And then, you know, that's kind of set up your whole season. So for me, it was uh, about getting to Europe with good, you know, in a good confident level. Hopefully you've pulled off a result somewhere along the, the summer of cycling in Australia. Um, and, you know, crack on for Milan, San Remo, and then, and then you know, Tour of Flanders and Roubaix. That was always the, you know, the start of my, my season for many years, which, which, you know, I've had a good, found a good routine for and, and you know, it, it worked out eventually. If he... Well, I'm a little bit disappointed in the way you've started this uh, conversation about the Australian summer. I mean, the Bay Crits are the start of the <laughs> summer of cycling, mate. And yeah. Sorry, and mate. Caleb Ka- Ka- has won it quite a few times, uh, f- four or five, I think, second to, to Rod McEwen. So he was my pick for the Bay Crits. Then we'll move on. That's okay. <coughs> okay. Well, we, we're probably going to go for an hour and a half if we don't keep flying through because everyone wants to get to Stewie O'Grady's Tour de France team because apparently it's unbeatable. So why don't we just go straight into the classics, right? So obviously we'll talk about the big ones. You've got Milan, San Remo, Flanders, Roubaix, the different beasts. Uh, I'll start with you, uh, Matty. Who do you think is the best placed Aussie rider that can potentially take out one of these classics uh, next season? When you say one of these classics, you're talking San Remo, Flanders, or Rubio. Yeah, any of the, those big ones. Obviously, yeah. it's not all five, but <laughs> well, let's start with Milan San Remo. Um, Milan San Remo, there's there's Caleb, obviously. Caleb is the big Aussie chance to win that event. Um, He's been so close. Geez, he's bloody following guys in the Poggio uh, this year. is in- incredible. So yeah. um, he's obviously the guy, and we need to build a team around him. It's simple. Grey Scooter? Yeah, Caleb for San Remo for sure. Yep. Stewie? Yeah, look, San Remo is pretty special, isn't it? Um, it always comes down to what, uh, you know, again, Michael Matthews or, or Caleb, I think they've, they've shown they can do in the past, and um, they're going to be right up there again. Uh, it's pretty hard to go past those two guys. Ify, you'd, well, you'd be in agreement? Yeah, 100%. Mm. All right. Scooter, what about something like Tour of Flanders? Um, yeah, look, uh, it's it's an interesting race, isn't it? I, I, we haven't got a great amount of depth, I think, for that particular event. I think if Michael Matthews really wanted to focus on it, I think that's something that could really suit him. He's got punchy. He was a good time troller when he was younger. Obviously, he's strong, good sprinter, can get over a hill. That's kind of Flanders, isn't it? So um, I think if you really wanted to have a crack at it, I think he's probably Australia's best chance. Uh, Stuart, you know Flanders really well. Who would you have as your protected rider if you could pick from all the Aussies at Flanders? Yeah, look, you can't go past experience. And, and Michael Matthews so far is the only one that can really, you know, stands out for me, I think. You know, I think um, a young guy like Luke Plapp, given a few years, um, you know, in the world to a level, and once you get over that 250k mark, give him a couple of years. I think he's certainly got the goods to to win many races, including races like Flanders. Um, you know, it, it's such a it's such a tricky race. We've got so many talented guys um, that can that can you know pull off a, a brilliant result in one day. But uh, you know, Flanders is probably the most tricky out of all of them. You really need that. The power on the punch, on the climbs, you know, that almost time trial ability on the face and then be able to finish it off. So it's a little bit more unique than a Milan-San Remo or even a Paris-Roubaix. 
Um, so yeah, it's, it's, a, it's always been a bit of a tricky one for the Australians. We've kind of been, you know, unless you really know the roads um, as well as the Europeans, the Belgians, it's, it's always been really tricky to, even if you've done it 10 or 15 times, um, you know, those guys, it's, you have to know exactly what, when to hit the front and what cobbled sections the hardest and where's the wind coming from when you crest this climb. All those little things add up and that's what makes Flanders and, and I guess Roubaix, you know, really tricky. Um, Matty, Flanders is obviously a special race for us because that was when you read me up about how the backstage passes were getting stale and, you know, it's the same old format. And then that forced me to, to mix up the format for the 2014 edition. It's obviously a, a special race for yourself as a rider, as a sports director. Who would you have as the protected rider? Yeah, it's one of the best races on the calendar. Um, that's for sure. Very, very special race. Um, but like the guy said, it's 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 really tough um, if you don't have that that specialist guy that knows the roads really well, and you can get lucky in a Paris Roubaix. Hey, Stewie, that happens occasionally. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Tour of Flanders. You, you Just go straight, no, yeah. Tour of Flanders. You don't get lucky winning a Tour of Flanders. Um, but look, I, I'd pick a young guy coming up that was just incredible at the Tour de France, uh, Harry Sweeney. He won the um, mm. under-23 uh, Tour of Flanders of last year or the year before, maybe. Um, great young rider. Um, he may not win it next year, but I think, you know, keep plugging away. Bit of experience. Uh, give him some experience and, you know, it could be just around the corner. Didn't Edmo win one of those as well? He did. Yep. Yeah. There you go. So Good, good memory, Jonesy. Yeah, I don't contribute much, but every now and then I'll give you a zinger. What do you reckon, John? Um, yeah, look, that's an interesting one, uh, Maddie, because Harry Sweeney, I think uh, a couple of years down the track, he would be, a, you know, and there's a, there's a few riders in there who are going to be great a couple of years down the track. But if we're talking next year's, uh, I, I think it is Blink, um, uh, Michael Matthews, sorry, uh, uh, Scooter. Um, I, I think he's the, uh, uh, the, I'm the, full, he's the only rider. It's funny, I'm looking at this group of 30 bike riders and we have got some absolute stars and some of them are going to be mm. great at Tour de France going up stages but when you go right down them there's not many who could win Tour of Flanders right now because oh, as you all said it's special um well Bling, Bling's listening to the podcast obviously uh, he doesn't like the parve very much maybe you can throw Ooh. it out there well, yeah, I should have to. I might have to send him a link. Bugger, watching it from the other side, you can jump yeah. in and throw your hat in the ring. We're, 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 exactly. We're but he's got the. Yeah. We know he's got the ability to do it. Uh, so, but, but as you say, the co the cobbles come into it uh, almost as much as Parramatta because we'll get to that in a minute. I think it's it. It's not quite as severe as far as the cobbles, but it's got those hills and all of those things that really suit his characteristics. Yep. Um, all right, let's get on to the big one, Paris-Roubaix, and, and who better to open the batting than Stewie. Is there anyone in that list that you think is a Paris-Roubaix contender for 2022? Absolutely, yeah. I think there's there's quite a few, but I think the standout for me, um, you know, which I've said for for a long time, um, you know, I think Durbo's certainly got the goods to, to win a Roubaix. I mean, um, you know, as big Matty Heyman showed, uh, you know, there's certain... Certain um, stars line up every now and then and, and that breakaway goes or, you know, things happen in the race and, and the big strong blokes who have been there for day in and day out sacrificing for teammates and, you know, just those those brilliant teammates, 
they, their day uh, shines. And, you know, I think a Durbo, um, you know, I think he's got the uh, everything, all the right ingredients to win off win a Roubaix. Um, so I'd have to go for Durbo. Yep. Uh, what do you reckon, Scooter? Yeah, it's Durbo's the standout. He's the one that has the most passion, um, I think, for this race as well and desire for it. Well, they all have passion and desire for it, but Durbo... I think they've all got does, that. Does, yeah, they've all got that, but Durbo does stand out as, as the one that, you know, has been very vocal about wanting to do this race to the best of his ability. Um, maybe in the future, someone like one of the trackies, like Kel O'Brien, um, or maybe even a Sam Wellsford, see how he develops, but... Both those guys can put out, like I think Kel puts out something like, you know, average 600 watts for four minutes of a team pursuit. You know, that's a sort of sustainable amount of watts and power you need to put out across a section of cobbles if he can last the uh, the distance and get past 200 k's. So we'll look out for him in the future. Matty? Yeah, Turbo. 100% Turbo. Um, one of his biggest fans is just an awesome, awesome bike rider all around and he's just developed a massive passion for the classics and He's proved himself consistent, um, you know, not quite cracking into that that top five area, but he's just always around the mark and a bit of luck and, yeah, could happen. Um, Stewie, is it a race that you have to – it seems to favour guys that are sort of further on in their career, not so much the, the younger riders that are smashing up the Grand Tours? Well, I guess not what all happens there, Dan, is that, you know, besides a Tom Boonen or someone that rocks up and, you know, finishes – fourth or whatever he did in his first race um normally you know there's a there is a still a little bit of a hierarchy in in the big one day races it's not the kind of race where you rock up and you know everyone gets a chance to have a go um it, it's it's you know it's not a, certainly not like a cut and paste type event so you know the, the normally the young guys are there to get some experience um you know if you haven't ridden a Perry bay before it, it is a bit of an eye-opener that's for sure so um, you know, you normally do need to go for those guys that have, that have a few under their belt, just purely from the experience side of things. And, you know, it certainly um, took me, you know, a bunch of goes to kind of work out what to do and what not to do. And, you know, once you, you know, if you lose a few wheels over a cobbled section, as, as Maddie can tell you, you know, you don't try and close the brake. You let the other guys try and close the brake because the mo- every, every little what that you use during a Roubaix or a Flanders or, or any of the big one-day races, really, um, you, you just can't get it back. So you learn how to really look after yourself, um, and and yeah, you only get you only work that out by a bit of experience, I guess. And Ify Durbo for the Paris-Roubaix. I, I have to agree with all Durbo for sure. I mean, uh, he's done some wonderful Paris-Roubaix and been unlucky. You know. Uh, Punctured right at the wrong time, that sort of thing would stop him being top 10 for sure or top five. But uh, no, no, Durbo. All right. Well, what we're going to do, boys, have a quick drinks break. And then when we come back, oh, it's going to be huge. We're going to go through the grand tours and uh, name the all star teams. Stay tuned. Look at this bike. You think it's just a bike, right? But it's not. <clears throat> it's a bike. 374 people are looking at this guy, this girl, them, all looking at it. People from here, there, and wherever this is. People that are looking for a bike. Or just a piece of it. Amateurs. Semi-amateurs. And pro-amateurs. This guy wants this bike, but with this crank and these bars. This could be the perfect match, but not this one. 
this girl has a bike to sell, and thousands of people might purchase it. Eyes on Bikes help grow small businesses. His, hers, yours, and the latest data and insights help those businesses keep moving. We are the world's number one bike marketplace with over 500,000 products and 900 brands where buyers and sellers are brought together in a place where a bike is never just a bike. Bike Exchange, where the world buys, sells, learns and rides. Life is like a two-way street. It's about consideration and mutual respect. Roads are much the same. However you get around, walk, ride or drive, if we share our roads, we can all be safer. The Amy Gillett Foundation is Australia's peak cycling safety charity. Our mission is for safe cycling in Australia. Our vision is for zero cyclist deaths. Over the last year, we've seen an enormous increase in people taking up cycling, whether it be for recreation, with the family, commuting, or even to start your own cycling career. We need to do more to make it safer for every cyclist. 20 cyclists every day are hospitalised and one cyclist is killed every 10 days on Australian roads. So, the next time you jump on your bike or hop in your car, remember to practice the four C's. Be courteous, calm, considerate and conscientious. Every cyclist's death is preventable and we all deserve to get home safely. Please donate to help the Amy Gillett Foundation make the road safer for you and for me. Thanks again to Bike Exchange and obviously some great messages there from the Amy Gillett Foundation. Now, like most things with a detour, we have really good ideas, but it can't, when it comes down to the nitty gritties of planning out how we're going to execute, we we struggle, John, and trying to communicate actually what we're doing here. Um, so what do we want to do? Stewie's done a lot of work, folks, on this Tour de France team. Um, but we've obviously got the Giro and the Vuelta. How do you want to run this, Johnny? Well, I reckon we talk about the Grand Tours as a special uh, entity. We've got, you know, look, I believe we've got four in this list, four leaders, and it's all going to depend on form, who's the right form at the right time. But, you know, Ben O'Connor stepped up now, fourth in the Tour de France. Jack Hague has got third uh, in the Vuelta, and Joey Hendley second in, in, in the Giro only last year. Um, and then Lucas Hamilton, who hasn't got there yet, but I believe he is capable of doing it. So they're the four. So you're not going to put them all in the one in each grand tour. So we're going to have to fine tune it a bit. So I think we could, let's talk about the Tour de France now and then fine tune uh, who would maybe move <laughs> certain riders to certain spots. So let's go. All right. Well, why don't we kick things off because Stewie's done the work. Stewie, we want to hear your Tour de France theme and then we can debate it and then we can branch out from that. Who have you got? Jeez. Bloody hell. Put the pressure on me, eh? Yeah. Um, drum, drum roll. Oh, yeah, yeah. Drum roll. No, look, I, I have put a bit of thought to it. And look, you know, there's some incredible names there. And the tricky part of this question and, and this actual podcast now is that there's a lot of blokes on that list who, you know, we're, we're talking about a current, you know, next year's race. There's a lot of guys on that list who have done incredible results. Simon Clark, um, Heinrich Hausler, you know, uh, guys that have been around a long time and and, and and played a role which has been critical in, in team success. But what you guys are asking now is that we're really – wipe all that slate clean and just concentrate on who we think can actually deliver something for next year, which makes it really tricky because, A, I don't know a lot of the guys like I know the older blokes, and there's so much young talent coming through, it's honestly off the charts. So 
it's going to be great viewing for Australian cycling into the future. But to get to the point, um, I've picked a, a bunch of guys here, and and look, it's, it's actually pretty tricky. But I'm going to kick it off. Um, my number one for the 2022 Tour de France would be my road captain, Luke Durbridge. I think, um, you know, you, we've got some incredible talent, which we'll chat about soon, but you need someone which, which, who's been there before, done the hard kilometres, got a few grandies under his belt and knows what he's talking about. So Luke's a cool, calm, collected captain. Uh, number two, I'm going to go, we need a couple of guys here, which are just absolute diesels. We need Alex Edmondson, who's going to be the, you know, super domestique. Um Alex has done some, you know, plenty of grand tours, so we'd need that ex- that experience element. Number three, Rowan Dennis. Um, Rowan, we need we, you know, world time champion. Uh, say no more. Bronze medal in the recent Tokyo Olympics individual time trial. Rowan's, uh, you know, in some red hot cracking form. And again, we just need a few big, big engines on the front leading these boys. And there's no three bigger than those guys at the moment. Now things get a little bit interesting. Um, there's no way in the world it could leave out Caleb, Caleb Ewan. So Caleb's there for the sprints. You know, he doesn't need a big lead-out train. Uh, so I'll let him do a, go about his thing and snap up three or four stage wins along the way. And then we get in the crunchy part. And I think with these three blokes uh, climbing as good as they are, um, I think it would be just an incredible uh experiences to watch these guys all race together and and hammer it out through the mountains because they're all showing incredible climbing ability which we haven't seen since since cadell evans and and obviously richie paul getting third a couple of years ago but all three young guys coming through so ben o'connor jay hindley and jack haig i think that rounds out a pretty um a pretty hard to beat team and you put all those guys um you know it's hard leaving out playing it's hard leaving out a few other blokes but you know, if you're asking me to win a Tour de France and still snap up a few stages along the way, then that's my team. Sensational, mate. Uh, Scooter, what do you think? Um, that was was that seven or eight? That was seven. <clears throat> oh, it was eight. I've got. Have you? Can you go through it again? Oh, geez, you're gonna bloody call me, eh? We haven't got time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Move on. No, no, you might be right. So I've got Richie in there as well. I've got Richie in there for a for a cool old head. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't going to that. No, no, sorry, you're right. Um, uh, I, I do think we need Richie Port in there. I think uh, you know Richie's third on the podium a couple of years ago. Uh, sorry, Richie, for for leaving you off. I've got you numbered in different um, <laughs> line up here, but. Uh, you know, I think Richie bring a really important element to the team. Um, you need somebody in there that's been on the podium, that's been around a long time in the mountains. I mean, it, you know, to win the Tour de France, it happens in the mountains. You don't win the Tour de France on the flat, although that's when you need your big guys like Durbo and that to protect the guys. So I think that's a pretty stellar lineup. So you've got Rowan Dennis, Caleb Ewan, Luke Durbridge, Ben O'Connor, Jay Hindley, Jack Haig, Richie Port, Alex Edmo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Any, yeah well, you have the same team, Scooter? Um, not quite, not quite. So um, I didn't have Edmo. Um, I had Miles Scottson to focus purely on Caleb for the last couple of Ks. So um, going there with you know one pure sprinter in Caleb, he can handle himself, but give him one guy, um, and you've got someone like a Durbo that can you know maybe get him up to the last sort of couple of Ks, and then and for Miles to take over on those on those flatter stages, um, but. I didn't put Richie in, which I feel terrible saying this because it was. Well, because if he said he's retired, 
<laughs> no, he's not. He's not I've got him season. in. Um, yeah, and it's hard to say no to him. So it's, it, I actually had a question mark because it really would have come down. It's one of the things where you just say it to Richie, like, look, you're in if you want to be in. Are you going to be in form? You just tell us kind of situation. So um, otherwise, it's a Lucas Hamilton. Otherwise, um, it's a pretty – I've got yeah. basically exactly the same team. Ben O'Connor, Jack Haig, um, Jai Henley, Caleb, Rowan, Durbo, Miles instead of Edmo, and Lucas Hamilton and – and Richie, really, as, as the, the last one to decide on, which would be a, a tough one to try and, and determine, I think. But you, your point earlier, John, was splitting those guys up into the three different Grand Tours. If you focus in just on the Tour de France, none of them have won it yet. Uh, look, if you have the right DS, the right management, you can get them all work to work to well, well together. Have the best climbers we've got in the one race working together as Aussies. That's a good point. Uh, David says, who would Stora be competing for a spot in the Tour de France team, Stewie? Well, it's really tricky. I mean, you, you, you know, you're asking again. There's 20 guys in that that um, list which which you could put in there, but you know, you guys are asking a really specific question to win the Tour de France, not win stages in the mountains. So obviously, Astora, uh, Simon Clark. There's a bunch of guys that can get away in breaks and win stages, but that's not what this conversation's about. It's actually winning the yellow jersey into Paris. So it's a very different equation, a very different setup. Um, Seriously, there's some, there's so many guys we haven't even mentioned. Uh, we're, we're so fortunate that Australian cycling is so rich at the moment that we're even having these conversations. And, you know, I feel sorry leaving a few blokes off there that which which merit to be on there. Um, but, you know, you guys wanted to cause a bit of a chat, I guess. So, um, you know, it's it, there's not enough, you know, it was easier if there were nine guys on the team, that's for sure, like it was when I raced. But um, at this stage, we could probably have 11 or 12. Now, I obviously pumped you up, Stewie, about the amount of work you've done in this team. I'll tell you another bloke who's put a lot of hours in today, and that's Matty Wilson. Now, Matty, I'm very interested. Is Stewie's and Scotty's team similar to yours, or have you thrown a, an absolute curveball? Well, I, I think I must have got a different brief to the other guys because I, I, I put together a, a, a dream team of 27 riders and then tried to like build out a season around those 27 riders so i spent I spent a lot of time for nothing i think no um, no no we're, we're going to get we're going to get those insights for sure and the yeah. brief it's the detour brief so it's sort of well, like the original brief on your own path. but would you like if you built the team for the tour on the riders that you got to go for i mean how would you approach the tour and, and who would be in the lineup well, look, you can't stick every hitter you've got in the one race because it's just not going to work. People are going to be fighting for their own um, their own goals and their own ambitions, and and the, you've got guys that you're paying you know millions of euros to that uh, that expect leadership at races, and you're not they've not got it because they're sharing it with every other every other guy that's on a fortune. So that might work at Ineos because everyone's on millions, but um, I think on on normal teams. You've got to sort of divide that season up and have leaders at different different events. Mm. So that's kind of the way that I I went about structuring it. Um, and look, in, in terms of the tour, um, I don't think we've got anyone that can win the tour uh, next year. That's for sure. Um, so uh, my target would be stages, and we've got a guy that can win a lot of stages in Caleb. So he would he would have my leadership um, and try and build a team around him and. And, you know, if there was a guy like um, Ben O'Connor, obviously he's just had an incredible uh, Tour de France this year and deserves to have another crack. And if he wants to have a crack and, and get in there, I think I think we would uh, get behind him. Um, but there'd be very limited support on that front 
um, for next year. Well, Jason Cruz from the Maldives, he says, Jay Vine, Michael Storer, where would you have those guys slipped in if they're, if they're not going to be part of your Tour de France squad, Matty? Have you got them at the Giro and the Fuelta bookends? I've got Stora at the tour. I think um, I'd put him in there because I think, especially when you got Caleb involved, you, you're gonna ha- you're gonna have to ride a lot of kilometres on the front, and he's shown that he's got that sort of ability. Not that I'm trying to pigeonhole him as a as a domestic that rides in the front, but I think um, you know he, he'd be a great guy to fill that role and have opportunities throughout the rest of the year. Um, and what was who was the other guy? Uh, Jay Vine. And Jay Vine, yeah. Look, Jay Vine. <laughs> I'd, I'd put him in potentially the Giro uh, in a support role and have mm. uh, Jai, Jai Hindley as a, as a leader and then give him some more leadership potentially in the Vuelta as a as a opportunist there. Um, yeah. So now the big one, Johnny Trevorrow. What do you reckon, Skip? <laughs> well, I'm leaning a little bit towards uh, uh, Matty Wilson in that uh, I, I don't believe that, that whatever team we have, that we can win the Tour de France next year. We want to go. We, we've got riders who have definitely got a chance to get on the podium, but we we're not going to beat Pogacar, 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 and Roglic. <laughs> we're just not going to beat them. These guys are really up and coming, and they're fantastic. So we want to you build a team to 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 do to do good GC, no doubt, but. If we want to get publicity, if we want to get, we're going to have to have a massive sponsor to do this. Then we need Caleb, and I think I wouldn't be bringing Caleb in with just one leader. I bring a couple of people, so uh, I, I would probably bring, put Harry Sweeney in uh, because he's, he's doing a, a great job with him now, uh, and one other specifically. Um, I would probably, if I talk about the Tour de France. Uh, I'd probably put Ben O'Connor as the leader for that because he just did a bloody brilliant Tour de France. He probably deserved to be. Uh, and I, I would have Jai Hindley as my uh, leader for the, for, for the Giro and Jack for the Vuelta. And, of course, if you Jack could do uh, could ride uh, Vuelta and, uh, and Giro because that works well to ride those two. I think it's a bit hard for these young guys to ride Tour de France uh, and then um, the Vuelta straight after. But... I would have my, and I would also definitely have Michael Stewart in my Tour de France team because of what, you know, guys get up the road. He's a, a, also a potential uh, guy to get up the road and win a really tough uh, stage. So uh, it's an interesting one. Hard to leave Richie out, uh, as we are just saying, because he's still got plenty in the tank if he wants to do another year hard. I, I had him retired. Sorry, Richie. Um, but... Um, yeah, so it's a really interesting conundrum. Uh, 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 I mean, uh, we go. I, I look at this list here, and guys we haven't even mentioned yet, and there's young superstars mm. who should be riding Grand Tours, and 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 they would get in, I guess. Luke Plapp. I mean, Luke Plapp is going to be uh, great. He'd be riding one of those Grand Tours. Probably wouldn't put him into the Tour de France first year, but he'd be in one of those Grand Tours for sure. And there's a whole stack of them in there. Um, Scooter, Gary Tilly wants to ask about a DS. Like, if you could pick a couple of Aussie DSs for the Tour de France, who would you have? He He's putting Alan Piper up. Yeah, well, I think that's a given, isn't it? Um, you'd want to have Al um, involved. Um, I'd have, uh, if he was putting his hand up, I'd have Stewie. I think Stewie would be, uh, would be a cracking... Um, that's Stuart O'Grady, for those that don't know who I'm talking about. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I didn't know his DS now. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you wanted to, yeah, definitely put you up. The classics, you've, you've got to have Matty Heyman. Um, you know, and he could do all the classics, not just cobble classics, just put Matty in for all of them. Um, and probably Steve-O. You know, so, you know, and the, what about what about Matty Wilson? He won a Rubeau's <laughs> a DS. He's not bad. Oh, I think, well, absolutely. I think he's pretty happy hanging out in Noosa, isn't he? Do you want to get back over? What are you, what are you doing next to you, Matt? Oh, if we've got the Aussie Dream Team, I'll, I'll, I'll suit up. No worries. You're on board. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, me, tell me where Gen- I need to be. General manager. <laughs> Matty can be general manager. You look, you, you look skinny enough where you could still be racing, Matty, I think. Yeah. So, um, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, to Matt and to Stuart, what was the biggest challenge? Like you're talking about an Aussie Dream Team. We kind of had that the first couple of years of Green Edge. What was the big challenge around having all Aussies or mainly Aussies in the team? <clears throat> That's a good oh, question. Should we start? Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it a really good question because you had a bunch of guys which had, which had, um, you know, I guess made their own, um, made their own careers in different teams and on different paths, uh, and 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 we'd all, all, the majority of us had, had probably hadn't raced together at any well, too often. So other than a world championship or a Commonwealth Games or Olympics, so to kind of be um, you know, to to have uh, the incredible opportunity to you know, I did. I never thought there'd be an Australian team um, created while I while I was still pro. So I was really fortunate to to get in there. And and you know, again, all thanks to Jerry Ryan for for making that possible. But you know, for there'd, there'd been a lot of you know a lot of smoke over the years and smoke and mirrors and and hopes and for it to actually come together and for us all to be at the first training camp. Um, you know, it was a massive moment. It was, it was so I think it, we're all so proud to be in the same room. And whether it was myself and Cookie and Robbie and and Maddie and all the guys, um, you know, you kind of had to pinch yourself to sit around and think, wow, we, we, it's finally an Aussie team. You know how how fantastic is this for not only our country but for all of us who'd been racing. You know, myself helping the Schlecks out in the Luxembourg team, or um, you know, uh, other guys in other teams. So it was nice that we finally had kind of found our um, our place for cycling history. And um, yeah, it was it was tricky, but I guess the hardest part was getting us all to work together for those first those first few races. Um, it was quite difficult because obviously there was a few egos in the team. Uh, you know, a lot of guys had the runs on the board, but to to make everyone work together in the first few races was pretty nerve-wracking so you know when Gero won that first national title and then backed it up with a tour down under and then backed it up with the Milan San Remo uh you know we were kicking kicking with a tailwind so um it was a great way to start it was fantastic to be a part of it and you know long may it live I hope (laughs) what do you reckon Matty oh yeah what Stewie said basically but um Look, I, I look at the list nowadays that we've got and we've put together. And if Jonesy had done a bit of prep, we could have stuck it up on the screen. But uh, we will on um, social. We will on social. Trust <laughs> me. We'll milk this yeah. cow. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's there's 40 riders on there on that list, and 95 uh, percent of those are world tour pros. And then we've got a handful of just super talent that's coming through. Um, when Green Edge started, it was you know. Basically, every Aussie that was that was, that was good, barring a couple of guys mm. that just didn't work for, were all on the same team. 
it just took everybody. So this podcast, you know, who's the best Aussie team back then would have just been the same for everybody because everyone was on board. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, the sporting is such, just such a different place now. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's fantastic that it's that way. But, yeah, look, the biggest challenge we had was the majority of the guys that were on there, there was only a dozen World Tour pros back when we sort of started and we were racing together and even less when it was Stewie. Um so everyone was just that excited to be on the team together. Mm. Um, I don't think we'd thought much further than that, <laughs> you know, how, how it would work and uh, how we'd run it. We just we just desperately wanted to be, you know, in, in that position and we eventually got there and, and we figured it out along the way. If you do think that's something that Bike Exchange need to get back to almost the roots, which is there's so much young Aussie talent coming through, they need a they're still an Australian registered team. Surely there's parts of them that are like kicking themselves that they definitely did go down an international path. But, you know, a lot of people in the comments are saying, you know, why isn't this guy riding with Bike Exchange? Or do you think they need to go back to the original roots when they sort of started? Oh, look, I think that's what exactly what they're looking at doing. Um, you know, it, it's pretty hard at the moment, you know, because <laughs> there's a lot of young Aussies getting off a lot of money. So budgets are a, a big thing. But I know uh, that they are looking at uh, uh, getting some really, of that really good young talent uh, Aussies around. But just going back a couple of things. Um on the DS, remembering there's three grand tours as the classics. Uh, the, the, the three, the, the, the DSs that I would put in the mix, um, you know, Matty White, I mean, he's been a great dear, so he's not suddenly out of, the, out of the picture. Alan Piper, as you mentioned, Tour de France, well, he's won the damn thing and very involved in it this year as well. Luke Roberts has proved to be a fantastic DS. Neil Stevens, you know, he'd be my pick for Vuelta for sure. Uh, Matty Heyman for the Classic and uh, Matty Wilson, I'd put you in. I didn't put you in, Stewie, because, you know, you I didn't know you were up for the job, but uh, anyway. Oh, oh, I'm not. A, I'm not a DS. I'm currently unavailable. <laughs> but but, if, but if, if this team was together, it'd certainly make it a pretty tricky, uh, pretty hard to say no to. But no, I agree with you. I've um, you know I've got Whitey, Matty White's done a fantastic job. Uh, you know, leading this, leading this incredible team from day one. So you know, um, Whitey and I have been through many ups and downs along the way, and you know he's been a fantastic boss um he really knows how to i guess just keep it keep it level between the riders and and his job and he's and he's proved year on year out his his value to the team but um certainly i'd throw in alan piper um you know alan's experience and, he, and his calmness um the way he goes about things and deals with his own team uh you know delivering or helping being a, a major piece of the puzzle to get pogachar the victory in his first tour de france um but again, yeah, Luke Roberts, I'd have in there as well. Uh, you know, Luke's 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 attitude from the day that I've known him, he's just been such a cool customer. You know, he's been world champion. He's been a part of, uh, well, yeah, we we're teammates for many years, and certainly was a, a big part of uh, the rock that I've uh, lucky enough to have sitting on my mantelpiece. So, I think rock, um, you know, Luke's really taken that experience um, over his incredible personal career. Uh, and being able to manage that into just keeping it keeping it really balanced between again between the athlete management the pressures from above you've got sponsors going bang why aren't we winning we need to win we need to win it's being able to balance that kind of stress level that you feed down to the team to the mechanics to the masseurs 
um, and and Luke is one of the coolest customers I've ever worked with. So I think we again we we're just so lucky to have so many um, talented director sport ifs uh, Steve and his knowledge and through his career as well. Um, I think um, you know if this dream team could ever come to fruition with a bunch of Australians, it would be uh, be paradise, wouldn't it? Scooter. Yeah. Um, and we've got a few guys that sort of haven't got the big names behind them as well in terms of DSs. Now, Alan Davis has been doing a little bit of DS work um, mm. with some of the women's teams and now I think a little bit with Israel perhaps. Uh, yep. And also then you've got Gene Bates, Dave McPartland, and now an emerging DS with the Israel team is Zach Dempster. So some other mm. Aussies that might not have the big, well, apart from Alan Davis, might not have the big credentials in terms of racing pedigree and, and wins but may still be able to be great leaders of, of young men. Now, if he, to wrap the show, I, I wanted to do like the Brownlow medals on Monday and everyone loves the Brownlow. I wanted to do like a three, two, one vote system for, you know, if, obviously we've got the Oppie award for the year, but if you were to vote on the Aussie this year, who would you give your votes to Johnny? Start with the one vote, two votes, three votes and drop your microphone. <laughs> you guys really do make this up as we go, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, I'll just look through my notes for <laughs> That's an interesting one. Um, it's a ripper. I mean, if you're looking, the Tour de France is the biggest race of the year. Uh, I would probably give the three votes to Ben O'Connor. Um, mm-hmm. Fourth in the Tour de France, it's just yeah, just slightly better than, than third in the Vuelta. Uh, so I, I, I give it to, but gee, I'll tell you what, this is a hard question. Um, Jack <laughs> Haig, Jack Haig, and then right. there's a stack of them for, for that. Uh, <clears throat> one, one, one point. I mean, there's there's Stora, but there, there, there's been just so many that have put up uh, an amazing year. Um, Come K- on, just, Kayla, just throw one out there. Just get, just put your jets on the line. If you shut your bloody gob for a second, <laughs> I'll get to it, all right? Um, <laughs> I probably would go for, for you know, Michael Stora. He, he, he was uh, amazing. Yeah. All right, Scooter? Um, so, yeah, Ben O'Connor, three points. Jack Haig, two points for the Vuelta. Stora for one point, but honourable mentions to Rowan Dennis for a medal in the TT at the Olympics mm-hmm. and Grace Brown, fourth place in the women's time trial and only just missing out on the medal. So it was a great ride as well. We're going to see a lot more from Grace Brown. She's just getting better and better every year. Late well, we're doing a women's one next week, mate. So we, we didn't bring the Are women we? to that. I didn't get that yeah. brief. No, well, you, you're not making it. I think we got the break for this. We've got the girls coming. We, we are doing the women next week, but we decided to bring some experts in who are happy to be women. Scott, you know how we communicate, mate. You'll find out as you go. Yeah, yeah. We don't. Yeah, you don't. That's the thing, yeah. That's yeah. it. Oh, well, hey, Grace still gets an honourable mention from me this week as well. Okay. Uh, Matty, do you have any curveballs on that or yeah. you agree? Yep. No, I don't. I disagree. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, I'm not going to put all my eggs in uh, in the one Tour de France basket there. I think Caleb's won the most World Tour races this year. I think he's won six World Tour yep. races or six six races. So I think he's been the most consistent. So I got him number one. Ben O'Connor, of course, because the, the Tour de France result, incredible. Um, and Jack Haig for the Walter in third. Okay. Um, so the leaderboard. 
Ben O'Connor on eight votes. Jack on five. Caleb on three. Store on two. Uh, Stewie, you, you're going to have the deciding vote for the inaugural <laughs> detour medal. Fantastic. <laughs> um, oh, look, again, this is so hard. Uh, but, you know, I can't go past uh, a rider that's rocked up to his first Tour de France and, and nearly got on the podium. So Ben O'Connor for the three. Uh, and then this 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 part gets even worse. I, you know, uh, I'm going to have to say Rowan Dennis for the two. I think um, Olympic bronze medal, Olympic medal is still you know so special. I think Rowan's um, you know just his the way he can focus and deliver on the big world stage on those one day events, whether or not be you know the the world time trial championship or a prologue, the Grand Tours, or you know when he sets his focus, he's um, I've, I've never seen anybody with a razor focus like or laser focus like he has. So Dennis for the two and uh, Jack Haig, uh, again, splitting hairs. Um, but Jack's podium in the world, it was just phenomenal to be, to be honest. I think, um, you know, just again, to have, to have a rider on the podium of Grand Tour, uh, exciting times for Australia. So keep it going, boys. Well, Ben O'Connor, 11 votes. Jack Haig, six. Caleb Ewan, three. Stora and Dennis equal on two. That was easy. Wasn't much stress at all, John. Not at all. And now I did open my big trap uh, on the last uh, pod and uh, say look out for uh, Rowan Dennis for the uh, for the time trial at the Worlds. Well, he's not riding. So. <laughs> 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 so there you go. Uh, okay, well, uh, there's no, no Australian is riding in the, in the uh, time trial at the World Cup. Really? We haven't put anyone up. No. Right. That's not good. I don't know why. I don't know why, but anyway. That'd be a first in a long time. Ask the Mm. selectors, John. Well, they're not putting anyone. Obviously, the guys they were going to select didn't want to ride for some reason. Rowan's obviously decided not to ride. If he wanted to ride, surely they wouldn't leave him out. Yeah. Yeah, true, true, true. Now, I say that because I'm one of the track selectors, not one of the road selectors. So (laughs) ask, ask the others. Ask them. That's a good debate for next time, I think. Yeah. Well, <laughs> fellas, we want to say a massive thank you for being part of the uh, the first All Star discussion. It was uh, sensational, and thanks for all the uh, effort, Ify. Before we go, what do you want to say? Well, just I mean, even though you didn't put the the, uh, the graphics up, up. Uh, oh, and your phone's on. Yeah. Yep, that's oh, it. Tim the vet. Always ring me in the middle of a podcast, old Timmy. Okay. I've um, got a point as well after this. Go. Yeah. <laughs> I just say, I'm just going to run through. I mean, we've got all these amazing youngsters coming up, you know. Put <laughs> 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 on silent. Mute. mute I, I, I thought I did. It's like my last funeral I went to. Okay, okay. What do, what do you want to say, John? <laughs> I just want to give a shout out to these the, the, these youngsters coming up. You know, like in the in the world has just gone. You know, Seb Berwick, Dylan Sunderland. You know, they're bloody young kids, and they went really well. And we've got all these. Got, evidently, Sam Wellsford's now going to have, have a bit of a bash. You're going to DSM in their Coddy team. Um, we've got other young kids like Cam Scott, Pat Eddy. Um, 
Or as I say, Cameron Worth, but I think he's the, not at the other end. Jared Drizners. Uh, th- these are, are, are just super young, ta- young talent. Then we've got ta- Taz Jones, you know, guys like that. So it's it's pretty amazing that we didn't even get a, ta- a chance to talk about this uh, amazing young talent that's coming through. And I know that, Maddie, you've got, you're very involved with it with, with your ARA team and, and, and the development kids you're bringing through. I was talking to Timmy Decker just uh, the other day and uh, some of his guys who are now trying to get into – uh, the world tour uh, who have been track specialists um it's just amazing uh that that we've got we only as you mentioned maybe 40 guys were up there um mm. and we only spoke about you know 12 of them so uh yeah it's going to be exciting stuff so i look forward to seeing when you put that list up uh, dan oh uh, yeah i'll get on it don't worry i'll do it tomorrow john <laughs> can i can i just point out that um the the tour de france team that we picked um, while there was so much discussion about Michael Matthews early on, um, none of us actually put Michael in our tour team, even though he won the green jersey and not that long ago, which I think that's quite interesting, isn't it? And obviously no disrespect to, to Michael um, in any way, but we had none of us guys had chosen him for next year's tour team. Well, more surprising is John didn't have him in the tour. Well, I didn't, I didn't actually leave him out either. I only read seven names out, so there's two still to go. Um, no, there's but, eight in the tour now. Yeah, I only read six or seven or whatever. But <laughs> I, you're, you're dead right, uh, Scooter. It's interesting. If, if you've got if you've got Caleb Ewan in, then you don't then you don't have. Um, yeah, bling in. I think that's how it goes. I reckon Caleb would have won, uh, you know, four or five stages and the green jersey this year. That, that's my thought. But mm. He was in amazing form. Uh, but you know, they don't call me iffy for nothing. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fellas. Hey, we really appreciate you being on the show. That was a lot of fun. Uh, we've had some comments. Uh, people like Samantha says, "Super fun, lads." Cheers. Go bling for the worlds. Uh, that's obviously next weekend. So we'll do a bit of a preview for that as well, Iffy. But uh, before we let you go, keep supporting the show, youtube.com forward slash detour podcast. Thanks, Maddie, Scooter, Stewie. Thanks, Iffy. And uh, we'll be Thanks, back guys. again next week. Uh, stay tuned for another episode of the Detour. Cheers. <laughs>